All right, good morning. I think it says I'm live, but I'm going to wait until I see somebody on here and you can confirm with me that it's working. I have a red live button, so I'm going to wait just a couple of minutes. Donnie's on and Keisha's on. Hi, good morning, guys. Uh, we'll wait just a couple of seconds before we get started today. I don't know if it's snowing at your house. It is snowing at my house. And I have my um, congregation this morning wrapped up in blankets, eating cinnamon rolls, and drinking iced coffee. I don't know what they're drinking. And water. And they, they told me that I am not allowed to turn the camera on them, or they will never set through one of my kitchen table talks. But they're all here, right? Everyone at least say hi. Say good morning. Well, that's Hunter. Come on, ladies. The girls don't. All right. If you don't say hi to everyone, I'm going to turn the camera, girls. Okay, you heard them now. They said good morning. Okay. So I'm glad you guys are with us today. Um, yeah, the weather's bad. Uh, it's going to be bad. It's getting that way. I don't know how much snow they're saying. It may be an inch. I don't know. But I know it's really, really cold. So we're going to pray for our farmers this morning that are out. Uh, in this and taking care of all their cows and I know our our dogs are warm one of them's here at the kitchen table listening to the sermon tough and uh, are going to be and the other one's in the garage so we're, we're taking care of ours and hopefully you're taking care of your animals and if you know somebody homeless definitely is the time to be taking care of them right now um, for sure with this wind chill so just be careful today be safe it was kind of a tough call what we're going to do this morning but um, so here we are at the kitchen table Here's what I'll do. I'm, I'm going to swipe off here so I don't see all the comments, so it's not too distracting. But here's, I, I don't know, I, I was telling the family this morning that a lot of people have little funny names for these conversations. And, and so here's, here's, we can be interactive this morning. Um, what should we call these? Hope, I don't know, maybe we should start doing some of these once a month or something. I thought like uh, kitchen table candid conversations with Pastor Jeff. I don't know. And my family's like, Dad, that's dumb. But I don't know. So come up with some kind of clever idea because, um, I don't know, talking about stuff around the kitchen table is a big thing in our house. We usually try to have dinner uh, every night if we're not running with basketball and stuff. And we sit around and we visit with one another and uh, around the kitchen table like this. And, and we talk about tough things sometimes. Or some, some things are brought up that the kids don't like for parents to talk about, which I'm going to talk about today. Um, but anyway, so... Uh, I don't know what we can call them or, or whatever, but come up with something. Leave your idea in the notes, and maybe we'll, whoever gets the most likes, that's what we'll, we'll call it. I don't know how we'll do it, but anyway, good morning again. I'm glad you're here uh, with us. Let's open with prayer, and then I'm going to go over a couple of announcements, and then we'll get into some scripture and start doing that. So let's pray this morning together. Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, this morning uh, that we could be with one another online and... and um, and Lord, we can dig into your word today. And Lord, I do pray for uh, anyone who is out in this weather right now that you keep them safe, Lord, and keep them warm. And it is just so bitterly cold outside. And be with our farmers, Lord, as they're taking care of their cattle. And um, just, Lord, uh, be with us during this, this uh, difficult weather time. And let us be able to come back Wednesday, Lord, um, to, to be with one another in fellowship, Lord. And just bless our time this morning uh, around your word today. When you talk about some tough things, uh, Lord, at Valentine's Day. And um, and, and Lord, to honor you, we want to talk about those tough things. So Lord, we just love you and we thank you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. So uh, just a couple of quick announcements this morning. 
Um, everything's still on for this week as far as like Bible study on Wednesday and all of that. So just we'll, we'll let you know if any of that uh, does change. Evangelism training, um, I, I'm, I'm assuming, is going to be canceled today at the association office. So none of that today. Uh, we do have men's prayer breakfast next Saturday morning at 8 a.m. at Grillo's. So that is still on. Uh, business meeting next Sunday morning right after the morning service. And then the Charleston mission trip is going to have a meeting on Sunday uh, March 7th. We also got some other things we're going to add to the calendar, uh, like a game night that I'll be going over uh, next week in person with you, and we'll, we'll start getting some of that on the calendar. So uh, if you would this morning, um, you can go ahead and get ready for it, but turning your Bibles to Genesis chapter 39. So uh, because we're staying inside this morning and, and whatnot, um, we, we have been talking about love, and today I was going to preach uh, on, on the second part of our, our series on love out of John 15 that we've been preaching through the book of John. And John 15, it talks about Jesus uh, loving us uh, and, and we loving each other as he loved us. And so uh, today's Valentine's Day, though. And so everyone's talking about love. And I know a lot of people, uh, maybe you went out with your love, uh, your spouse yesterday or uh, your significant other, your boyfriend or girlfriend, or I don't know, however it worked uh, yesterday for Valentine's Day. Um, so here's a little bit of history. My kids just asked me about 10 minutes ago, I'd like to know the history of Valentine's Day. And I'm like, well, it's funny you ask, because I'm going to cover a little bit of that. Um, so this is a, a holiday that's named after St. Valentine. Uh, and Valentine's Day was started by the Roman Catholic Church uh, to kind of counteract or abolish an early pagan fertility festival that was held in February. Uh, so the Pope is the one who started uh, Valentine's Day or St. Valentine's Day. And then there were some, and that was like in the first century, so it was uh, a long time ago. And then things were added to that, like uh, some stories about Valentine possibly marrying people um, a, a, when, he, when he wasn't supposed to, and some of the other things about love. But it really became, what it is today has blossomed into this big commercial holiday that's not a, it's not a holiday that... Uh, the United States government recognized or anything like that, but it's really a marketing holiday, as you know, that usually people spend money on, on going out and uh, buying their their significant other, their spouse, uh, and their kids even uh, stuff for, for this holiday. But it's it, we know it today is a holiday about, uh, about love. And so it kind of fits into the context of what we've been uh, talking about the last couple weeks and going to talk about next week. But I want to keep, um, in talking about love, I, I want to kind of go maybe not a different direction with it, but just ca- talk about uh, one of the aspects of love. And one of, the, uh, one of the things that's extremely important that we talk to our kids about, um, we talk to young people about, we talk to adults about. And it's one of these candid conversations that I think we just need to have. And it's going to be in the context of purity uh, today, impurity. So Genesis chapter 39 uh, is where we're going to be. Before I read into that, I don't know if you guys have... It's kind of been a rough week uh, when talking about Christianity and purity. I don't know how many of you are uh, big fans of uh, Ravi Zacharias. Um, I personally, I love listening to his messages, leading, uh, reading some of his stuff. He was probably... Uh, he passed away uh, last May of 2020, but he was probably one of the best, if not the best, Christian apologetics teachers uh, in the world. Uh, in 2017, just a little bit of context about this, in 2017, a, a woman came forward uh, with allegations against Ravi Zacharias of uh, just that were really, really bad uh, in a sexual nature, um, including rape. 
Uh, and in 2017, his organization, Ravi Zacharias International Missions, they released a statement. He denied everything, and, and um, they released a statement say, you know, saying that we don't believe this is true and, and whatnot. And, and this lady was kind of dismissed, and her allegations were dismissed. Well, after he passed away last year, um, a significant uh, number of more women came out. And so the organization decided, okay, we need to hire uh, an independent um, law firm to do some investigations on this. So they hired, an, they did an independent investigation to look into these allegations. They uh, took his phones and his computers and they did searches on this. Uh, and, and really, um, this week they released a report. And unfortunately, it was a very, very sad, sad report. Um, I, I posted a link uh, to it on my Facebook page earlier in the week, but uh, many of those allegations were found out to be true. And also many other young ladies came forward that had said they had been abused by Ravi uh, Zacharias. And, and this man was someone who knew God's word, maybe better, if not as good or better, and could defend the Christian faith better than anybody else, I don't that I knew, or uh, if not one of the top ones in the whole uh, country. And, and he led this huge Christian organization. Uh, he knew God's word. Like literally it makes us ask this question of how in the world could this happen? How could this happen? Well, let me start by saying before I get into the meat and say the sermon that all men are sinful. Uh, everyone is sinful. Uh, all, uh, everyone who's uh, walked the face of this earth besides Christ is sinful. And our hope should never be in, in a preacher or uh, an elder or in, any one person other than Christ. Um, but also how could this have happened? Well, if you read the report... Many, many safeguards and many um, ways of being held accountable uh, were just not in place. And he put himself in a position um, where obviously he was acting deceitfully and very, very sinful, but uh, the people that were supposed to hold him accountable let him be in a position that some of these things could happen. Um, and these are some of the things we're going to talk about in our scripture today. Um, and you may be thinking like, wow, this is not a typical uh, Valentine's Day message, like, I, wow, I can't believe he's going here, right? And it's not. I guess it's, it's really, it's not. It's been something I've been thinking about this week since this just came out, and, uh, and typical Valentine's Day messages or messages about love, um, they're kind of, you know, a lot of them are like, well, live how you want to live, and, and some of those typical messages have gotten us to a place, I believe, where we are as a society and as a church, with regards to purity. That's why we, we have issues with it uh, in society and church, because we, ha we don't like to talk about some of these tough subjects and candid conversations. And we live in a, in, a, uh, in a culture today with no regard at all for a biblical lifestyle of purity um, from commercials. I know last year, like this year, we had all the young adults over for the Super Bowl party. Sorry, guys, it was a rough game, I know. I love you, it was a rough game, Chief fans, but... Um, it wasn't Mahomes' fault either. But we had all the young adults over for the Super Bowl last week. And we, we did a – Casey and Dave did a great job with the devotion at halftime. And, like, last year I should have turned the halftime show off, but we watched the halftime show last year. And it was like, oh, man, this is just crazy um, what, what they're, how they're performing uh, in front of the TV. And you can't really turn on the TV, a TV show anymore without, um, you know, just blatant, unbiblical forms of, of purity – from commercials, TV shows, it, what society accepts, uh, it, it all goes really against what Scripture says. Um, and, and even the church, I think, maybe in recent years, has fallen even further from what it has 
Um, I remember as a teenager, we went through biblical classes uh, called True Love Waits. And it was a, a biblical class on abstinence for teens. And that was a big thing back then. And I don't know, maybe I, I just haven't heard of anything like that. As a, as a former youth pastor, I used to talk about this a lot with young people. Um, I talk about it with my daughters and here in this household. But it's an important subject that I think we have to talk about as a church as far as purity goes, as abstinence goes. I know Joel and Shelley, our youth uh, directors, they, they are going to probably tackle this also. I'm sure they will. Um, but it's something that we can't shy away from. And today I think also too many Christian parents, they, they don't want to talk about these things like purity and abstinence or purity in marriage. Um, and, and I hear this sometimes when we just accept the fact that what boys will be boys, right? Or men will be men. Um, and let me say, before, when we get into some scripture this morning, that God's word doesn't take that approach. It doesn't take that approach at all. In fact, that's what his word says. Our first verse this morning, uh, and I think our media team is going to put some of these verses up for you in the comments so you can follow along. But Hebrews 13, 4, this is what it says. Let marriage be held in honor among all. And let, marriage, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. For God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. 1 Corinthians 6, 9-10 says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, or, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 7, 2, But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. Ephesians 5, 5, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or is covetous has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. So we clearly see that any kind of sexual relationship outside of what God described the biblical marriage relationship between a husband and a wife is a lifestyle of someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's clearly what it says. So maybe, maybe today, that's you right now. Right now, where you are. You're in a relationship, maybe today, that isn't honoring God. And it's not honoring each other. Uh, and if it's not honoring God, then maybe today you need to end that relationship instead of going and celebrating it with dinner and gifts. Now that's a hard truth, but that is the truth. Today, for many in our country, and maybe you, it shouldn't be a day of celebrating. It shouldn't be a day of celebrating an ungodly relationship. It should be a day of mourning over sin. And, and here's the good thing, though, about this. When we humble ourselves before God, what does Scripture say? He will forgive us and exalt us. So 1 John 1, 9 says that. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So how does, this, how does our Scripture today fit in with biblical purity? So I want to read a biblical account of purity in action. And what we can learn from it, there's a mistake that's made here, but, but we, it's something we can learn from. So let's go to Genesis 39, um, and let's start with verses uh, 6 through 12. Uh, 6 through 12. Uh, well, let's, re let's just read, let me, let me say, let's, let me do this for the sake of time. I don't know how Facebook's going to be on time on this. So I want you to read Genesis chapter 39 today. Uh, in the whole context, okay? I want you to read. There's 23 verses. I want you to read it. Let me go into my points and the specific verses I want to talk about, but please read the whole account. So Joseph here makes a mistake. 
in Genesis chapter 39. And the mistake is found in verses 6 through 12. So let's read those real quick. It says, So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her, to lie beside her or to be with her. But one day... When he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was there in the house, she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. So Joseph, we, on, on first glance, he does everything that you're supposed to do, right? Like, she wants to get into this immoral relationship with him, and he flees. He says no, and he runs away from that. But here's the mistake that Joseph made. Joseph knew from, from the previous verses that going into that house was like walking literally into a lion's den. He knew that there was danger there. And what didn't he do? He didn't guard himself. He didn't guard himself at all. Like, for us, we have to have safeguards and place, in, especially in ministry, like our, our pastoral staff. We have guidelines that we're not going to meet um, alone with a woman for any kind of counseling session. If you notice, ladies, when you come forward at the altar to pray, um, I don't discriminate here. I mean, it could be um, someone that I dearly care about and I've known a long, long time. But if you come forward for me to pray with you, I have my wife come up also. Um, that is not because I don't trust you. That's because I'm wanting, we're going to get into this term of being above reproach. So I know we have safeguards in place with our pastoral staff that we will have meetings with ladies by themselves. We won't ride. I'm not going to go out to lunch with any other lady besides one of my daughters or my wife. We just don't, we don't, we, we want to put ourselves in a position of success and not failure. So to live above reproach. So uh, one of the qualifications for, for church leadership and being an elder in the church is found, those qualifications are found in Titus chapter 1 and Timothy chapter 3, and that first qualification listed is to be above reproach. So what does being above reproach mean? It means that no one can bring a charge or accusation against you. It means that you put yourself in a position to glorify God with your actions, to glorify God with your purity. How was a Potiphar's wife here able to make an accusation against Joseph because he wasn't putting himself in a position to be above reproach. He had entered that house by himself and he had knew that this lady thinks I'm a good looking guy and she wants to have a relationship with me that's not right. And so Joseph should have never went in that house. When, when, when he knew, when he found out that there's no other men in that house, I'm not going in there then. I'm going to stay away from that. And so putting yourself in a position where you can be above reproach if you know something is causing you to sin over and over and over, well, you have to put yourself in a position where you're not going to allow that to, to, to lead you into sin over and over and over. And with the case of Robbie Zacharias, if you read the report, um, he, he didn't do that. In fact, he was uh, deviant behind the scenes at trying to work it out where he could commit sin. Um, and, and, and those are consequences of his family. I feel so horrible for his family he's having to live with. And Joseph did the same thing. It didn't happen with Joseph in our text. 
I mean, the old analogy is we have, Selena has a candle uh, here on the table. It smells good. I don't know what kind of candle, what kind of candle we got going. It's, I don't know. Salted butterscotch. Hmm. I don't know. Salted butterscotch. It smells uh, pretty good, but it's burning right now. And if I was to stick my finger in that wax or around that fire, what's going to happen? It's going to burn me. It, we always tell our kids, don't play with fire, right? I mean, if I let Hunter have the lighter that's sitting here and say, go outside and have fun, son, our field's going to probably get burned down because he's going to be playing with fire, right? Uh, so if you, if you don't, if you play with fire, it's going to burn you. And if you play around with your purity and you think that you can't put yourself in a position to be successful uh, with purity, you're in trouble. You need to have, uh, we'll talk about some of the safeguards, because why? Why is this? First Peter 5.8 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So Satan's there. He wants to devour you. And the verse says, be sober-minded, be watchful, be on guard. So example of this, parents, wives, husbands, be on guard. Be watchful of Satan trying to destroy your children, your spouse, by the temptations of the world. Have safeguards on media content. Have safeguards. Uh, when that young man comes by your house and wants to take your daughter out on a date, you better be ready to have tough conversations with them, right? Dad ain't scared. And my kids are rolling their eyes like, yeah, we know, Dad. But you have to be ready to have those conversations. You, you have to talk to your children about what the Bible, uh, not society, says about things like pornography, about cohabitation, uh, uh, living with one another before you're married, about the LG. Uh, BTQ lifestyle, whatever that old slang thing is. Have those conversations, right? And if you don't because you're embarrassed, or uh, if you're embarrassed or for some reason, I don't know what the reason would be, but if you don't have those conversations, Satan is going to devour. That's what's going to happen. Satan is going to have, have, uh, devour. Trust me on this, on our kitchen table conversation here. The lost world isn't going to be scared to have the conversation with your kids. The media isn't going to be scared to have the conversation with your kids. So have the conversation with them. The conversation that the lost world is going to have with them, the conversation that the media is going to have with them, is going to lead them to hell. So we have to have a biblical conversation with them. Be on guard. Be watchful. Put yourself in a position of success and put your family in a position of success. Uh, and, and so be on guard. Be watchful for that. Second thing. Uh, this morning, I want, to, I want to look at, and the last thing, I'm not going to preach a whole hour or anything, but Joseph messed up here. But what we see in our verses as you read through this chapter is that God's love for him didn't change. Joseph may have really messed up here uh, in going into that room, and there was there was some like, and God used it. We all know what happened with Joseph and, and uh, later on with Egypt and saving his family and the nation of Israel. Uh, from the famine. We all know all uh, of that. And if you don't, keep reading in Genesis and you'll learn about it. But God's love for him didn't change. Because Joseph had messed up, his love didn't change. So uh, look at verses 20 through 23 in the verses. It says this, And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge, because the Lord was with him, 
And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. The Lord made it succeed. So, so Joseph had made a mistake, put himself in a position where he could be accused of something that he didn't do. I mean, if even today, if you're accused of something, even we've seen in our society, if you're accused of something, we saw it with the Supreme Court nominees, even if they don't have proof that you did it, if you're accused of something, they try to destroy you. And it can destroy you. That's why you have to have yourself in a position of success. So Joseph gets accused of this. He didn't do anything. He ran out of the house. But because of the lies of this wicked woman, he was thrown into prison. But God was with him. And God never left. So maybe you this morning, let me talk to you about this. Maybe you this morning, you have made mistakes that have put you in bondage to your sins. You have made choices and put yourself in positions that you are not above reproach. Even right now as we talk. There's consequences for that. There are consequences. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that sin will lead to eternal death. If you're a believer, one of my brothers and sisters here this morning, in the Lord Jesus, making those decisions will put you in sin and they will lead to discipline, just like with Joseph. Your marriage will suffer. Your children will rebel. Joseph was put into prison by Potiphar. This wasn't an enjoyable time. I, I, I didn't do the digging yet to find out how long he was in prison, but it wasn't a short amount of time. But the Lord showed steadfast love to Joseph. God loves you, brothers and sisters, and he wants you to live a life of joy and abundance. We do that by following what his word says. His outline for biblical purity, not our own. Psalms 119.9 says this, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. David had the answer there. How do we maintain this pureness? By guarding it according to what this says. Not what the TV says. Not what the outside world says. But what this says. The report, this report on Robbie Zacharias this week. It hit home with, with something on me. That I've already seen over and over and over in ministry. And I've seen it. You can have the most biblical knowledge of anybody in Marshfield. You can have the most verses memorized. You can know how to say all the difficult words. But if you aren't being obedient to what this says, to what this says, it's of no use to you. You can have all the understanding. But if you're not putting it into practice, it don't matter. I, I, when I look at Robbie Zacharias, I think, man, that amount of knowledge and understanding that he had about God, but how infantile he was at putting it into practice in his life. Now, I don't know. I'm not the Lord Jesus. I don't know if Robbie was really genuinely saved or not. Only God knows. I pray he was. I pray because we do uh, serve a God of uh, mercy and forgiveness. And I pray that Robbie got right with the Lord and the sin. Uh, and had a personal relationship with the Lord. We don't know that. No one can know that. Um, but here's what I tell new Christians all the time. Don't try to know everything right now. Just be obedient to the stuff that you do know. Don't try to know everything from front to back. Your knowledge increases as we grow in our sanctification in the Lord. Just put into practice what you do know right now. If you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you today, then you know what living in purity means. Because if you're not, the Holy Spirit will convict you. And instead of dinner today, or roses, or chocolate, or new jewelry, or whatever it is, you need to confess your sin to God, and your spouse, to your parents, 
Maybe your brother and sister in Christ, whoever it is, confess those sins. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Now if you're listening today, and I'm sure this message will hopefully get shared a lot and more people will hear, but if you're listening today and you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus, my prayer is going to be today that the Holy Spirit will convict you that you have a great need in your life right now. And that need is that you're guilty before God because of your sin. Because of your sin, you have lied, stolen, committed adultery in your heart, any of the other things that God says is wrong, and that you've sinned against a holy God. Because of that sin, there's a punishment. That punishment is eternal separation from God. But God, being rich in love and mercy, made a way for us to be forgiven. Christ came, God in the flesh, and lived a perfect, pure, sinless life. Going to the cross, he placed our sins on himself. He died for our sins, proving he was God. He rose again three days later, proving that his sacrifice was perfect and God approved. By believing in that sacrifice, that resurrection, you will have eternal life. Your sins no longer will be counted against you because Jesus died for you. If that's you today, you don't need me to pray for you. You don't need another preacher to pray for you or anybody else. You don't need anybody but you and God. Humble yourself before Him and He will exalt you. Humble yourself, brothers and sisters, this morning if you're not living a life of purity. Humble yourself if you're not having these conversations with your kids about purity. Humble yourself and He will exalt you. I want to pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you again this morning for the ability that we can meet uh, online, Lord, and, and, uh, and dig into your word, Lord. And there's so many lessons here. And Lord, I, I pray for everyone that's going to be watching this and joining with us now, Lord, that if there's people uh, out there that right now their marriages are suffering, their relationship with their kids are suffering, their lives are suffering, Lord. Um, they know you as their Savior, but they've let sin come in and, and they are being tempted and they're not, they're, their purity is uh, not above reproach, Lord. I pray that they will uh, have those conversations and confess those to each other and to their spouses. And, uh, Lord, that there will be healing in their house. And, Lord, they will uh, be online with your biblical outline for marriage and the outlines of marriage and uh, a godly relationship, Lord. And I pray for them. I pray for the ones, Lord, that are hearing this today and maybe watching for a little while that don't have a personal relationship with you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will burden them that they have a need in their life, and, and that, Lord, they're, they're walking dead right now. They, they're dead in their sins, and that you love them right where they are and made a way for them to be saved, Lord, and if they, if they confess uh, you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray for them today. Uh, Lord, be with us this week. Just keep us safe, Lord, uh, from this weather. Let us be able to gather again this week with one another. Lord, in all things, we love you, and we want to glorify and honor you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. So our benediction today, as I close, uh, comes from Paul to a young preacher named Timothy. And this is what he says. And this is a, this is a good verse that we like to we tell young people. Because Timothy was a young man here. And it's 1 Timothy 4.12. It says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So today, brothers and sisters, let no one despise us, because we're all young at heart. Maybe not in flesh anymore. But set an example for other believers in how we talk, in what we do, in our actions, in how we love, which we're going to talk about next week, 
in our faith in the Lord Jesus and in our purity. Let us set an example in those things. And let us set an example for people that are lost. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do those things. Follow God's word. Love him. Stay safe today. It was great joining uh, you today. Once again, I don't know what we call these little conversations. Maybe we do more of them. I don't know. They don't have to be sermons. Maybe they're just tough subjects that you want to know the answers to or we want to talk about that's going on in society. But come up with a good name and uh, maybe we'll start a page or I don't know what we'll do. But it was great joining you today. I love you guys. Can't wait to see you next week. Next week we will talk about love and our love for one another. Uh, again, that's what I was originally going to preach on. And uh, in front of you all today. So anyway, I love you. Have a great day in the Lord and I'll see you this week. Bye.